The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus stood among the disciples and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. While in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. It has been said that we as Christians are to be an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. It's become almost a truism about who we are, but it may not be quite sufficient to tell the world who we truly are let alone to tell ourselves what we are called to do, and perhaps even more importantly, to be in the world. When Peter, in that opening reading for today that Jennifer read so beautifully, speaks, we are at once inspired, perhaps, and on the other hand, Disturbed. Disturbed, of course, because this is one of a number of passages in the New Testament that seems to our ears at least to err on the edge of anti-Semitism. We have to be really careful with these passages, particularly as we proclaim them publicly as we just did. 
That's because of hundreds, if not thousands of years of poor interpretation and indeed anti-Semitism in the church. Try to hear it with different ears. Peter is not talking to the whole of the Jewish people. He is talking to the temple authorities. He is talking, yes, to the authorities of the temple of his religion. Peter himself is a Jew after all. We have a conflict here to a certain degree between the Jews of the North and Galilee, like Peter and Jesus himself, and the Jews of the South, the Jews of Judea, centered around the temple in Jerusalem. But Luke, perhaps, is inviting us to hear this as a statement to all who inhabit and obsess over the world of power and violence, and indeed at their bottom, appeal to the terror of death. That is, in fact, what drives so much of the world of power. That was certainly true in the first century with the Roman occupation and the Jewish authorities the temple authorities in Jerusalem and the authorities of every land at the time vying for power. And if you listen closely, it is true in our day as well. The fear of death is what drives so much of the world. Even those of us who feel that we're living here fairly close to the ground, not in lofty seats of power, we forget that so much of what drives us is the fear of death. Because we are taught by the world that we can't see beyond death itself. What Peter is saying and what Luke is saying to us all those centuries ago is that in fact, we have things flat wrong. That's the Good Friday world. That death is the end. The death of our bodies, perhaps even the death of our spirits and our souls. And this is critically important for us to reflect on right now because we are emerging right now from a period of intense death, one that has not been experienced almost within a lifetime. Three million alone have died from the pandemic. How do we take that number on board? How do we incorporate that into our souls? How do we move beyond that? Also, towards the end of the first century or in the early second century, we have today's letter from John. The same John or the same John's community, if you like, in which the Gospel of John was written 
it's written using a distinctive vocabulary and a sense of who's in and who's out. And yet we hear this letter so many centuries later, filled with a very strange, and perhaps unnerving as well, hope. We are children of God, the author of the letter writes. What we will be has not yet been revealed. And then he goes on to call us little children, whether that's an assertion of the authorial authority of the letter, or whether it's a reminder that we are all children in God's grace, or maybe both, as so much of the John literature has multiple levels of meaning. We're no longer subject John seems to be hinting to the dominion of death. And yet we feel, as we feel right now, and towards the end of pandemic, that we are in this in-between time. What we will be has not yet been revealed. And if you think about it for very long, that's a truth that we all have to live into. We do not know what we will be tomorrow next week or next month. And that's this side of our mortal lives. What will we be 10 years from now, 20 years, a century, a millennia? All of that has yet to be revealed. Our calling as an Easter people is to begin to loosen our grip on that fear of death and to reach for something else. Which is why we have that beautiful reading from Luke's Gospel today. Jesus, in one of his resurrection appearances to his first followers, comes among them and says, Peace be with you. They imagine quite naturally, Luke tells us, that they are seeing a ghost, an apparition, which cannot be good. Anytime you see a ghost or a disembodied spirit, something is wrong with the universe. So they are even more frightened. Jesus seems to understand their hesitation and their doubts. And he talks about doubts of the heart, not doubts necessarily of what we would call the mind, but those emotional doubts that are so endemic to our species that has suffered for so long, that has struggled for so long, that has experienced death and violence and destruction. How can there be hope of something beyond all of that? It's an emotional doubt that all of us share. But here's the good news. Here's the Easter news. Jesus comes among them and among us 
anyway. And says, touch my wounds. See my bones and flesh. See how much God loves this world, this earth, even now in the midst of crisis, even now in the midst of climate uncertainty and what some people are now calling climate weirding, even now here in the West in the midst of drought, even now when we are unsure what things will be like in 10 years or 20 years for our children and our grandchildren, Jesus comes and says, I still love this earth, this flesh, even this mortal life. Peace be with you. We reflect on the past year together as a people. Yes, we see the three million dead and wonder about our future. But we also see the enormity of human ingenuity, the development of vaccines, the hope for an end to the pandemic. Historically, the first time we have ended a pandemic through medical intervention. All the work that we have done and all that we have suffered for the sake of the wider community and for the health of those who are most vulnerable among us. That has gone beyond fear and beyond even the power of death and laid claim to that hope. Peace be with you, our Savior says, the risen Christ, the new life born among us. Because you see, it's more to be an Easter people in a Good Friday world than simply believing. It is about getting out into the world and joining in the Easter life that God has already brought into creation itself. It's evident in the spring around us. It's evident in the hope of our hearts. It's evident as we venture out, some of us for the first time in many months, and smell the fresh air and see one another again in three dimensions and hope for a better tomorrow. It is where we participate in the risen life of Christ that we begin to move beyond the powers of death and the threats of violence and the powers of this world that use it and into a new power, the divine power of love that calls us forth from the grave and bids new life and new life, not just for today, but for tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, the next decade, the next century, the next millennium, forever.
feet by the stream and Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.